Hello everyone, welcome to my channel. My name is Federico and this is Wheels on Fire. Welcome to another podcast. This time we are going to be talking about the Styrian Grand Prix. Yesterday was the race and we saw interesting results, some of them quite unpredictable. So this is exactly what we are going to talk about today. The, a few of the highlights and, and the results from the and the performance in general from the teams and the drivers in this new edition of the Steering Grand Prix. So we start this podcast, this summary of the race with two DNF. The first one was for the AlphaTauri driver, Pierre Gasly, who unfortunately, it was a really bad luck. He, first of all, he had a really good qualifying session where he finished sixth. That, that is a, a great result, but unfortunately, in the first few corners, he had contact with uh, Charles Leclerc. After that, he immediately had a puncture. Uh, he even um, had contact with, after having a puncture, he even collided with uh, Nicolas Latifi, Antonio Givinazzi, so it was really a mess. So in the end, there wasn't anything else he could do. He completed that first lap with the, with the puncture, but yes, he had to retire. He was one lap behind practically everyone so it was completely impossible for him he was very upset about it and the team was as well and i completely understand it because after all uh it seemed that he was going to get a a really strong result uh the alpha tower in general the both drivers were in having a lot a, a really good pace but especially for pierre gasly who was also heading through this weekend with a lot of confidence after uh a couple of weekends with with great results but this one, unfortunately, wasn't the occasion. But I'm sure that he will have a, a payback at the at the Austrian Grand Prix next week in the same in the exact same circuit. Then the other, the second and last DNF was for George Russell. How unfortunate that was, really. He started tenth on the grid, his best start ever. Let's say that originally he would start in eleventh position. He was knocked out of Q2 by by a little time really, but then the Yuki Tsunoda received a penalty, so that's why he was promoted to this position. And what, what can I tell you? The first half of the race before the pit stop was amazing, probably the best performance that I have ever seen from him and that I have ever seen from Williams in a while. Uh, he was around P8 throughout at least 20 laps, was it? It was really a lot. So and he was very close of Alonso, who was the car ahead, and then at the same time he was able to defend from the from the cars that were behind him, that were mostly Daniel Ricciardo, Yuki Tsunoda, to name a few. He was doing a great job, but then in the end he had a really low pit slow pit stop, and he had a problem with the engine as well. And yeah, it was just impossible to continue. What a shame this is. Uh, Completely unlucky. I would say that George Russell was completely unlucky, but the same that I said for, for Pierre Gasly, I will say it now with the Williams driver. He has, uh, he will have another opportunity next weekend at this same circuit. If he has the same performance, the same pace as he had yesterday, well, maybe he could be able to finish inside the points for the first time since he's a Williams driver. Because the, the only thing is that the strategy has to be good by Williams and at the same time the pit stops have to be good. So that's something that we have, we definitely have to take into account. 
And then now we go to with the drivers that actually finished the, the race. First, in last position, as we are used to see, Nikita Mazepin, he also started last on the grid. And uh, there isn't much to say, really. Once again, he was far behind the others, including his teammate Mick Schumacher. Then 17th position, the, William, the other William driver of uh, Nicolas Latifi, he started 16th on the grid, getting knocked out of Q1 for just a little, little time. Uh, I thought for a moment that he was going to enter uh, into Q2, but in the end he didn't. And I wouldn't say it was uh, a bad race. The problem is that in the first lap he had contact with, with Pierre Gasly, had damage on his car, he had to enter into the pit stops, and that was a moment where he wasted a lot of time, but it wasn't really his fault. He recovered perfectly, even could overtake Nikita Mazepin, but what can you expect after after that incident that, that you had in the first lap? Really, nothing. So again, it wasn't his fault. But the driver who finished in 16th position was Mick Schumacher. He started 19th on the grid, as usual, but what I like about his pay, his performance is that, well, first be beating Nicolas Latifi, I think it is something great. If I'm not wrong, it is the second time this season that this actually happens. But what I liked about it is that he was quite close to the other drivers. This time, it wasn't that uh, he was, yes, ahead of his teammate, but far away from the others. No, he was actually uh, much closer to to the rest of the drivers. So, which, which was uh, certainly a, a tendency in this race. But that's something that I can say it's positive for, for Mick Schumacher. And, I don't know, considering the past results and the, and the performance for, that we always see from the Haas car, I would say it wasn't a, a bad result. But the driver who did, got, who did get a bad result, unfortunately, was Antonio Cubinazzi. He finished 15th. He started in, in that same position. Uh, nothing. He was absent throughout the whole race, really. He didn't have any opportunity to overtake other drivers, so nothing, nothing else to see to say from him. Especially if you consider the performance from his teammate, I think he could have done it much better. And the same goes for Esteban Ocon, who finished in 14th position, and he started 17th on the grid, getting knocked out of Q1 uh, once again this season. And it was probably one of the worst weekends for the Alpine driver. Um, and the same that I say with Antonio Kivinazzi. If you consider where his teammate finished and, and the performance that his teammate Alonso had throughout the whole weekend, then I think it could have been much better and there's clearly a, uh, a big room of improvement for, for the French driver. And then something similar I can say with Daniel Ricciardo. He finished 13th, he studied in that same position um, I don't really know what happened with Daniel this weekend. Uh, again, we saw we saw something strange because on the French Grand Prix he had an amazing result with a very strong performance, but this weekend it's just that performance and that confidence disappeared. It is true, I have to admit, that he had a, a really positive start where he overtook many drivers in order to get into P9. But after that, and I think there was a problem with his engine for, uh, for I think, one lap. And that was the moment where he lost all the positions that he gained. But then after that, he just couldn't recover. He couldn't recover and he stayed in that position. And once again, I say it for the third time, considering where his teammate finished and where his teammate has been finishing since the beginning of the season, yes, there is a big room of improvement. I, I, say, I say it for the third time because 
really it is something that that happens in these three cases and something that could be taken into account uh, for for the drivers and for the teams ahead of uh, finding a way to to keep making progress uh, ahead of the next race or or the next ones and then the Aston Martin driver Sebastian Vettel finished in 12th position he started 14th on the grid and what a shame because this wasn't a good weekend for the German driver um, the past three races were really good for him he finished inside of the points especially we all we all remember that race in Baku uh, two races ago where he finished P2 but this time it just wasn't the case he was even behind his teammate for the whole race so I guess it was just a, a poor race for the four times world champion and then it is Kimi Raikkonen finishing in 11th in 11th place really close at the points really close and what a race because he started in 18th position after well getting knocked out of Q1 as you can see and it was a great race from Kimi Raikkonen he was very close of of that points finish he could have uh, maybe in, if you added a few more laps he it could have been a, a possibility for Kimi Raikkonen to score points but well it didn't happen but it was definitely a good performance from from the former world champion and now heading into the top 10. First, the AlphaTauri driver Yuki Tsunoda finishing in that position. He started 11th on the grid after being given a three-place grid penalty for blocking Patrick Bottas during the qualifying session. Uh, it, it was a shame really because he originally was going to start 8th, a really strong weekend for him. But in the end, well, I guess that point could be useful for him and for the team. At least they got something considering that Pierre Gasly had to retire from the race at the first lap and yeah they could have gotten much more I have to admit that and I was expecting much more from them the team itself was probably expecting way more but things happened the way it did and in the end they just have to accept the fact that they only scored one point this weekend and that is going to be quite hard for the Constructors Championship but there's still long left 15 races in total that are left in this season and then in ninth position we have Fernando Alonso. He started eighth on the grid, and it was a good race. It was a good race for for the two times world champion. Once again finishing in the points, far ahead from his teammate, and yes, once again saving the weekend for the for the Alpine team. And I have to admit that Fernando Alonso is really impressing me a lot this season, uh, for, the, for the fact that he's finishing a lot inside the points. For for also for the fact that he's getting into Q3 uh, many times he have in fact I he have gotten into the points many times uh, this season and I think that that's definitely a big achievement let's consider on the one hand that the car is not as competitive as it was the Renault last year and on the other hand let's consider that he was absent from Formula One for a lot of years his last season was 2018 with McLaren and now he's returning and achieving these results well it, it is definitely great. He's, he's getting closer to the top 10 in the Drivers' Championship. And we will see what's going to happen with him in the next few races. And then another driver who had a, a really strong performance, I would say, was uh, the other Aston Martin driver, Lance Stroll. He finished P8 and he started P9. Similar situation to Fernando Alonso in terms of the performance at the race and the, and the result. But what I have to admit is that he had a really good start where he was immediately P6 
In the end, he just wasn't as fast as uh, the Ferrari drivers. But those four points are definitely important for him in the Drivers' Championship and for the team in the, in the Constructors' Championship. And then we have the two Ferraris ahead. First, Charles Leclerc, P7. He started in that same position and he was voted as the driver of the day. And if you see the result, you would say, well, nothing special happened to Charles Leclerc this race. Nothing really to mention. But if you watch the race, which you probably did, then you know how good his race was. On the one hand, as I mentioned before, uh, at, the, at the beginning of the, of the summary, he had contact with Pierre Gasly, and after that he had to pit, and, he, and after the pit stop he was last. Last for many, for many seconds, really. But then, after that, he, he, his pace was excellent. Then the second pit stop that he, that he made was also really good by Ferrari, uh, at the perfect time. Um, I, li I liked that he overtook practically half of the grid, even, even more. From that last position, finishing P7 by overtaking everyone, then that's definitely, that's definitely excellent. And I think he, he definitely deserves to be mentioned as the driver of the day uh, yesterday. Um, and, well, I guess those six points that he gets for the, um, for the driver's championship are going to be very important. And then his teammate, Carlos Sainz, finished P6. He started 12th on the grid after getting knocked out of Q2. Another, another great race for, for the Spanish driver. And we, I remember that last weekend, we talked about how poor the race was for Ferrari. The result was really bad. They didn't have the pace, especially the last half of the race after making the pit stops. In fact, none of them finished inside the, inside the top 10. But this race was really good really good by both drivers uh, and they get a, a, an excellent result 14 points that are going to be very important for the constructors championship and carlos Sainz really was amazing i mean if he wasn't charles leclerc charles leclerc was voted as the driver of the day yes that's right but if he wasn't him i would have voted carlos Sainz. why not really a really consistent race by him where he overtook many drivers as well and then we go into the top five in, in fifth position. We have once again for the third race in a row, Lando Norris. Great race by him. He's, even though he started third on the grid, he couldn't stay, keep the, the pace from... He didn't have the same pace as the Mercedes and the Red Bull drivers. Still, it was a great race. Uh, once again, the best of the rest. He was, on the one hand, he was far away from... Far behind, sorry, the, the other four. But at the same time, he was far ahead of the rest of the grid. Most of the grid were really close, really. Less than one second or 1.5 seconds. Something that I say, well, that's too much. But that, that's why I, I really think that his race was excellent. Not only the result, but also the fact that he was clearly the best of the, ra the rest. He's clearly the best of the rest this season so far. And it is, it is interesting because right now he's not even getting surprised or getting excited by finishing P5 because he knows that he, he currently he's able to do much better. And that's something, that's something amazing from him, really. And he's still, uh, well, a, an achievement that I would admit is, the, I made a post earlier today about it, that he is one of the only drivers who was able to get into, has been able to get into Q3 every single race, every single race weekend. And he's currently the only driver 
who has finished inside the top 10 in every single race this season. Let's see if, how, for how long that is going to last. But this shows how amazing this season has been for, for Lando Norris since the very beginning at the Bahrain Grand Prix. Um, it will be very interesting to check and to witness what, what can he do at the next weekend, at the, once again in this circuit, the Red Bull Ring. But now we are going to the battle between the Mercedes and the Red Bull. Because Sergio Perez finished in fourth position. He started in, the, in that same one. And I, I would say that his performance was really strong. In fact, the reason why he finished in, in that position was just because Red Bull made a really slow pit stop of 4.8 seconds. And that was the moment where uh, Mercedes took advantage of it. And, and yeah, the reason why he finished in, in that position, really. Though I have to admit that he, let, let's consider that he made a second pit stop where he put the medium tires and he tried to, to use a similar strategy to the ones that, that he used for the French Grand Prix, but this time it just didn't work. Uh, still, I, I have to admit that if it was one more lap and he would have gotten it, but it didn't. It wasn't one more lap, so in the end he finished in... In that place, that it, it, it is a good result, but probably he was expecting more. He won. He definitely wanted a podium, and he definitely wanted the strategy to succeed, such as it did last week at the French Grand Prix. And heading into the podium, first Valtteri Bottas returning to the podium after a few races. He finished P3. He started five, fifth on the grid after being given a three-place grid penalty for the famous incident that he had in the pit lane at practice two. That was definitely a very dangerous incident, and I I still don't understand how that happens really. I have well I have never seen that before really. And now with considering how big the cars are nowadays compared to to the cars from the past, I think it it it, it would have been definitely it could have been something very dangerous. Fortunately, nothing happened. But yes, the penalty I think it was well given, and yes. He, again, he started fifth on the grid, and in the end, he overtook Lando Norris with no problem and defended from Sergio Perez as much as he could. He was a little bit lucky that, that his team did a, a great pit stop, while, as I mentioned with Sergio Perez, that didn't happen. And thanks to it, he's returning to, to the podium places. Definitely a, an important result for him, and it must be a relief to finally get there again. But I have to admit that both Bottas and Perez were far behind their teammates. That's something that, that I have to admit that definitely should be taken into account ahead of the next race. And it is Lewis Hamilton who finished in second position. He started again second on the grid, got the fastest lap of the race, uh, so a total of 19 points for him. But what can I tell you? He was far, far away, far ahead from, uh, sorry, far behind the, the lead. There was no chance for him to actually lead the race. He, ne he actually never led the race not even one single lap. And this shows how, how good Max Verstappen was. Exactly. Max Verstappen, who finished first on the grid. He got pole position for the second weekend in a row. And what can I tell you? Verstappen is doing an amazing job this season, getting the fourth win of the season, the driver with most wins so far in this 2021. And he also got another pole position, the third one of the season as well. Um... Yeah, just impressive. So impressive. He led the whole race. In the end, he finished 40 seconds ahead of Lewis Hamilton. I mean, yes, Hamilton made a pit stop, but if, if it wasn't for that, still a 
at least 20 seconds ahead, it could have been. He made no mistakes. Red Bull did a, a perfect pit stop, perfect strategy. He managed the tires pretty well. Yeah, again, perfect weekend. Now he extends his lead for 18 points in the Drivers' Championship. And Red Bull is 40 points ahead of the of Mercedes in the Constructors' Championship, similar to last weekend uh, at the French Grand Prix. But yes, it, it is a perfect moment right now for Red Bull. And it is the first time that Red Bull wins four races in a row. From the Monaco Grand Prix to this race now, the, the steering Grand Prix. And it is actually the first time that Red Bull wins four races in a row since 2013, when Sebastian Vettel and Mark Webber did it. That amazing year that Red Bull had. And it is also the first time in that Mercedes uh, that, that Mercedes doesn't win a race in, in like in four races since the hybrid era started back in 2014. This shows, on the one hand, how competitive Red Bull are becoming this year and how close. Well, the fact that they are being even superior than Mercedes now, but at the same time, on the other hand, it shows. How, how dominant Mercedes have been since the hybrid era started back in 2014. I think sometimes we, we, don't, even make, we don't even consider the, the dimension of it, the, how big uh, this, domination was by, this, this domination by Mercedes has been. And it is truly historic. And, and I'm sure that in the next couple of years, maybe a couple of decades, we are going to remember this era. I don't know really what's going to happen this season. I mean, there are still 15 races left. Uh, as you see, a long left. So anything can happen. Yes, Verstappen could win the Drivers' Championship, but so does Lewis Hamilton. And Mercedes have a, still a big chance of winning the Constructors' Championship, but so does Red Bull that is leading it for 40 points now. What, what, what I can tell you is that the, the battle for both championships are getting really exciting. Really exciting. And now, next weekend, we are heading... Once again to the Red Bull ring for the second race in a row. It is going to be round 9 of the 2021 season. And all I can say is I'm very excited about it. If I have to make a summary of, of this race, I would say that what I liked about it was that most of, the, most of the grid were very close between each other, something that I mentioned earlier in this podcast, during this summary. But on the other hand, I feel that we could have seen much more action, much more overtakes compared to, on the one hand, the French Grand Prix, but also compared to the previous races uh, that we saw in this in the circuit, in the Red Bull ring in the previous years, even compared to last year where the races were great. Uh, this time it just wasn't like that. It wasn't like that, but still, uh, I think the results were interesting, quite unpredictable. And after all, I'm very excited ahead of next weekend where Formula One will be returning once again to this track, as I mentioned before. So, well, that's everything for today. I hope you liked the podcast. I also did like it a lot. And probably during the week, I will upload another one. Or if not, I will do it next weekend for a, a summary once again of, of the following race. And as I always say... Thank you very much and see you in the next podcast.